All right, so let's pray, and then we're going to get into uh, tonight's teaching. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity. We thank you for this time to be able to come together and to sit around your word, uh, to get clarity and understanding. understanding. Uh, we thank that you drench us in wisdom, that you open up our blinded eyes. You show, it, show us things that we may not have seen before and that you give us the ability to practically walk out what you teach us. We thank you that you've already made all the crooked paths straight. We thank you that you've already given us the victory. We thank you that it already belongs to us. And we embrace the process of walking it out, Father, so that not only do we become stronger, but that we may be able to help someone else in the process. Father, we thank you for all that you do. We thank you for all that you've done and for all that you will do. And we ask you to keep us humble. We ask you to keep us uh, with, with lots of zeal and to keep us focused, that we may continue to grow in your word. And these are our prayers we ask in your son Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. All right. Listen, before I do that, I'm going to do one thing. And I said I was going to do it. And I, did, I almost forgot, but I want to do it. Some of you have probably seen it. Some of you may may not have seen it. But I want to share with you um, our, our video. And I want you to look at the numbers. I want you to see what it is that we have been able to do since 2016. And when this is over, I'll be back and we'll get into the word. Hello, champions. As many of you know, in 2016, Fellowship of Champions Church awarded its first $10,000 academic and leadership scholarship. Each recipient receives the $10,000 at an increment of $2,500 per year for four years. Recipients must maintain a 3.0 GPA throughout their college attendance to maintain the scholarship. Since its inception, we have had five college graduates and two graduates from trade schools thanks to the FOC Academic and Leadership Fund. FOC also offers the James A. Young Memorial Scholarship, which is a $4,000 scholarship named in honor of Mr. James Young. Since its inception, we've had 21 scholarships awarded for a total of $84,000. To date, there have been 13 FOC academic and leadership scholarships awarded for a total of $130,000. The total of both scholarships awarded since 2016 totals over $214,000. We are asking you to please partner with us in this great initiative. Simply scan the barcode and choose which method you would like to give. On behalf of all of our future scholars who receive a scholarship, we would like to thank you in advance for all of your wonderful support. Come on, you ought to be giving the Lord some praise for that. You ought to give God some praise for everything that he has done. I was talking with Pastor Chris and I was talking to her about the 16 scholars who we're going to be giving scholarships for. Do you know that after we award them that we will be over $300,000 in awarded scholarship funds? Listen, I don't know. I mean, maybe you went to a church that was used to giving away $300,000. I wasn't. And so when I see what the Lord is doing, I am amazed and it is marvelous in my eyes what he is doing through each and every one of us who have chosen to partner with him. And that is what faith looks like. God gives you a word. God gives you an idea. God puts something in your heart to do when you don't when you can't even see how you're going to do it. 
You don't even know how it's going to work out. And then you just start walking with God. And then you look back and here it is from 2016 to 2023, seven years later, we've got five college graduates. We've got folks who've graduated from trade school and we got kids who are still going to college. And in seven years, we will have reached a, a milestone of over three hundred thousand dollars that listen that means by the time we get to year 10 we will have given over half a million dollars in scholarships listen i don't know maybe i'm just more excited than y'all i don't know but i'm excited about that and so if you're excited about that then you go ahead and you put some heart and some fire in the comment section and then we're going to get into uh today's teaching i'm at 20 minutes at least. so give me another 40 and then we'll be we'll be out of here all right so today we're going to talk about how do we develop our faith. Now, many of you know that I'm, I'm an educator by trade, right? And so sometimes uh, things make sense to me in an academic setting um, sometimes. And so I have to explain them that way. And so I, I want to use this example. Let's say that you were going to, dis you were going to study what makes billionaires successful, right? If you were going to study what made billionaires successful, you wouldn't just study one billionaire, right? Because if you study one billionaire, um, you don't know if what that one billionaire did uh, actually has carryover uh, to, make, to make you be a successful billionaire. So what most people do in an academic setting when they want to study something and they want to have something that they call like test, retest, reliability. They want to make sure that if I do what you did, it's going to work for me. And if somebody else did it, it'll work for them. That it has the ability to be tested and retested and the conclusion shows up the same way every time. And so if you were going to be studying what it is that makes billionaires successful, you would want to do something called a meta-analysis. OK, a meta analysis is basically um, several different research projects. OK, maybe you had one person who studied uh, billionaires in the finance industry. Maybe someone else uh, studied billionaires in the sports and entertainment industry. And someone else studied billionaires in, in, in the political and, 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 and legal profession. OK, and what happens is, is you get all of these different researches put together. And you, when you combine them together, you then do an analysis, a meta-analysis, to see what things are similar in sports and entertainment, what things are similar uh, in politics and law, what things are similar in the medical confession, in med medical profession, the financial sector. And what you do is you pull out all of the things that are similar because those are the things that can be attributed to success across a broad scale. Well, the same thing is true when we start talking about faith, right? When you listen to people talk about faith, there are lots of people who talk about faith. But everybody who talks about faith is not talking about faith. And, 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 and let me help you understand, understand what I mean. Just because someone can articulate uh, scripture just because someone can mentally ascend uh to certain words and, and 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 put certain sentences and paragraphs together it doesn't actually mean that they understand anything about faith so what i did is i started thinking about all the people i've listened to 
right? And, 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 and I started thinking about what are the things that the people I respect, the people my wife respect, what are the things that those people who teach faith, what do they have in common? And so I started looking at some of the teachings of people like Dr. Kenneth Hagin, right? I was looking at people like Dr. Frederick Casey Price and um, Kenneth and Gloria Copeland and Dr. Ivy Hilliard and uh, people overseas like uh, Bishop David Oyedipo and uh, people who are in my spiritual lineage, people like uh, Dr. Creflo Dollar and uh, Bill Winston, uh, and especially my, my own spiritual parents, Apostles Tony and Cynthia Brazelton. And I started to think about it in these terms. When it comes to the subject of Bible faith, there are several things that all of those individuals that I just named are in agreement with concerning what faith is, how we develop faith, and how we turn it loose. In other words, I, I wanted to do a meta-analysis of the great leaders of faith. And when you, when, when you begin to do a, a even a quick uh, meta-analysis of the teachings of Dr. Hagen, of the teachings of the late great Dr. Frederick Casey Price, of Kenneth and Gloria and Dr. Hilliard and Bishop Oyedipo and Dr. Dollar and uh, Bill Winston and, and, and Tony and Cynthia Brazelton. When you do a quick meta-analysis, what you find is that they, they all have some commonality about what they believe, about what faith is, how you develop your faith, and what you must do to turn loose your faith. Now, if you've been following us for the last couple of weeks, you know what that sounds like. It sounds like faith fundamentals. And so tonight, we're going to get into the second part of this faith fundamentals idea about how do we develop our faith. And you ought to come to church on Sunday because Pastor Sean and I are going to come together and do an extension because all I'm going to do today is just introduce some things. And then we're going to do an extension of this together. We're going to teach together, I believe, on Sunday. Now, understand this. The Bible teaches us that we should follow after those who, through faith and patience, have obtained the promise. Now, what does that mean? That means that there are some role models out there. There are some people who understand what it takes to live a life of faith. There are some people out there who understand what it takes to, to, to allow faith to be birthed in your heart and confessed out of your mouth. There are some people out there who have walked this thing out. There are some people who have been where you are and they're not there anymore and you want to get to where they are. And so the Bible says that you need to be uh, intelligent enough. You need to be wise enough to follow after those who through faith and consistency, that word patience, obtain the promise. And so when you begin to look at some of these great leaders of faith, when you begin to do a, a, a deep dive, a meta-analysis of, of what they believe about faith, it becomes very clear very quickly what we ought to be doing to understand what faith is and to develop our faith and then eventually how we turn our faith loose to let it be alive in our life. So when we understand this, 
And when we employ what the Bible teaches about faith, and we begin to look at the lives of these great leaders and these great faith teachers, it is undeniable that if we learn what faith is, if we learn how to develop our faith, and if we learn how to turn our faith loose, that we tap into the potential that can radically change our lives. We tap into the potential that can radically change our lives. Now, over the course of the last two weeks, the last two Sundays and last Wednesday, we have been sharing with you what we believe is a very solid definition of what faith is. Okay, and so we're going to revisit that definition right now. And every time we talk about it, we're going to keep revisiting it. And if you don't know what that definition is, I encourage you to get caught up. Don't get left behind. Don't be out there wondering about something that we have literally spoon fed you. We are giving you a solid definition of faith. And if you look into the lives of the people who I mentioned before, People like Dr. Hagen all the way down to mom and, and dad Brazelton and all of those in between. This is a working definition that they all have come into agreement with. And so here is our working definition of faith. It's on your screen. We said that faith is a supernatural force, belief or power from God given to us, the believer, to bring the will of God into the earth. That's what faith is. Faith is supernatural. It is a supernatural force, a supernatural belief, a supernatural power from God given to the believer. Somebody will be like, given to me, given to me. Faith was given to me to bring the will of God into the earth. In other words, I am necessary to partner with God. Somebody ought to put that in the comment section. I am necessary to partner with God. So as we begin this teaching tonight about how to develop this supernatural force that comes from God that's given to me as a believer so that I can assist God and partner with God in getting his will into the earth, I want to take a moment and look at some of the main commonalities of what these great faith teachers that I mentioned earlier all believe about faith. So here are some commonalities, the commonalities of great faith teachers. Number one, no matter who you study in this group that I talked about, one of the things you're going to find out is that they all agree that faith is now. Faith is present tense and faith is an active living force. It's not something that's dormant. Faith, faith doesn't even have potential energy. Faith has kinetic energy. Faith is at work. Faith is active. Faith is now. And all of them can attest that as a foundational scripture, they use what we use, which is Hebrews chapter 11. And we've talked about this. Some of this should be repetition for you. Hebrews chapter 11 in the Amplified says this. It says, now faith is the assurance. It is the title deed. It is the confirmation of the things we hope for that have been divinely guaranteed. And it is the evidence of things not seen. 
right? It's the of th- thing. It says this word seen means the conviction of their reality. That faith comprehends, faith understands, right? That's why faith isn't dormant. Faith is actively understanding. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced with our physical senses. And so all of these great teachers agree that in this subject, in the meta-analysis of faith, that faith is now. Somebody put that in the comment section. Say faith is now. Number two, the second thing they all agree on is that faith is developed by continually hearing God's word. Romans 10, 17. I shouldn't even have to tell you what that says because you ought to know that Romans 10, 17 says. I didn't even put it in there. I didn't even put it in there because here's what it says. And you should know what it says. It says faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing, right? We got to hear God's word all the time. We got to be in a state of hearing. That faith, if we're going to develop our faith, we can't hear God's word one time and expect our faith to be developed any more than we can go to the gym one time and lift weights and expect to be Mr. Olympia. It just doesn't work that way. You have to put in the time. And because of this, because of this fundamental fact, Pastor Sean and I have always and will all and will always continually encourage believers to study the Bible, to meditate on God's promises, and to confess or speak those promises out loud. That is how your faith begins to get developed. You have to constantly be hearing word, okay? So all the great faith teachers believe that faith is now and that faith is developed by hearing the word. Number three, they all agree in the meta-analysis that faith is born in the heart. It's it's, it's like a woman getting pregnant. She, She has the baby, even though we can't see the baby, even though we can't touch the baby, we can't feel the baby. Conception happens in our heart. Faith is born in the heart, and it is born through the word of God. And it is then released through our mouth. In the same way that a man and a woman comes together and they participate in intercourse, and the man gives his seed to the woman's egg, and a baby is conceived. And then once that baby is conceived, then that baby has to be birthed out naturally. Well, the same thing is true with the promises of God. They are conceived in our heart, but we have to use our mouth to give birth to the promises that God has promised us. Why? Because we have some special power that we can do it? No, because that is God's system. And as his children, we participate in his system. See, in order to develop your faith, you must be speaking God's word. But how can you speak what you don't know? How do you say what you don't know? That is why you have to always be hearing God's word so you always know what you are supposed to be speaking. We're going to talk about this a little later, but we see this in Mark chapter 11. In Mark chapter 11, it says this, For verily I say unto you that whosoever, you ought to put your hand up if you are whosoever, you ought to put a one in the comment. Put a one in the comment section if you are whosoever. It says, for whosoever shall say 
unto this mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea. Watch this. And shall not doubt in his heart. That is the key right there. It's not just about the same. It's about the same and connecting to what you believe. And shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things, come on, those things which he saith, come on, shall what? Come to pass. He shall have, glory to God, whatsoever he saith, and we know that whatever he is saying has to be connected to God's will because that's what faith is about. It says, therefore, I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, right? Because my desire is just going to be what God desires for me. When I pray, I am to believe that I receive them when it's faith now. I, so when I pray, I believe I receive them in faith, which is now and when I do that, what's going to happen? I'm going to have them. When? When they manifest? No. When the check clears? No. When they call and offer me the job? No. I'm going to have it when I pray. Because when I pray, when I'm in faith, faith is now. Okay? Faith is now. And then lastly, the fourth thing, the fourth thing that they all agree on is that faith must have corresponding action faith must have corresponding action simply put believing is not enough believing is not enough if you believe there has to be corresponding action to your belief faith should always be accompanied by actions that show what you truly believe and those actions should always hear me always be God-inspired and God-led. So it's not you just doing what you feel. It's not you just making a decision to, to do something and call it in faith. No, no, no. Remember, I gave you five faith expectations last Wednesday. And one of those faith expectations is that when you are in faith, you can always trust and believe God for a plan of action. So if I can trust and believe God for a plan of action, then God will tell me my next step. I take my next step based on the fact that I believe who God says he is. So then my faith is connected to an action. So if you were to do a quick meta-analysis, just to recap, here's what you're going to find. Number one, faith is now. Number two, faith is developed by continually hearing God's word. Number three, faith is born in the heart and our mouth is what gives birth to it. And then number four, we must have corresponding action that lines up with our faith. Now, tonight we're going to delve into this roadmap of what I call faith development, because we want to find out how do we develop our faith. I want us to focus on, on part two of the three questions that we said we wanted to answer when we started Faith Fundamentals two weeks ago. Do you remember those questions? Number one, the first question was, what is faith? What is faith? I hope you know by now what faith is. Faith is a supernatural force, a supernatural power, supernatural belief from God given to the believer to bring the will of God into the earth. Okay, that's what faith is. The second part is what we're going to deal with tonight and on Sunday, which is how do we develop our faith? How do we develop our faith? And then Eventually, we'll tie this series up 
when we start to talk about how do we turn our faith loose in our lives? Because faith in your pocket don't do nothing. You need faith to be turned loose so faith can do its good work. So faith can do its job in your life and bring you into all of the realities and all of the goodness that God has for you. So here's the question for tonight. How do we develop our faith? This question is at the core of our walk with Christ. It is central to our spiritual growth, and it is central to our understanding of how to receive all the promises of God. The Bible says that all the promises of God are received by faith. So if all the promises of God are received by faith, if I want the promises of God, faith must be important to me. So let's take a journey tonight. Let's take a journey together and let's explore some ways that we can nurture and fortify our faith. Because I mentioned to you last week and I mentioned to you earlier, you must be instructed in faith. You must be instructed in faith because faith is not automatic with the born again experience. Just because you get born again doesn't mean you know how to walk by faith. In the, in, in, in the same way that just because you join a gym doesn't mean you know how to use all the equipment. You ever seen those videos of people who are in the gym and they are using the equipment in some kind of way that you can't even figure out why in the world anybody would possibly be doing that? They had not had any instruction. They were in the gym, but they lacked instruction. You in church, but you lack instruction. You're on the broadcast, but maybe you do you busy on Facebook while you're supposed to be listening. You lack an instruction. So we people have to be taught about how to walk in faith. So there, there are going to be four things. There are going to be four things. And I'm not going to I don't even think I'm going to really get into all of them deep uh, on tonight because I want to save some of them for Sunday. But I, I, I want to just I want to just talk to you a little bit about them. OK. If you begin to study what all of these great teachers have taught about walking in faith, and it's not just that they're great teachers because they taught it. See, faith has proof. And these people that I'm talking about, they got proof. What do I mean by proof? They got fruit. They got fruit tangible fruit that we can look at and say as a result of their understanding about faith and as a result of their walk of faith, I too can learn something from them so that I can employ not just the same principles, but have the same heart toward faith so that it gets produced in my life. Not what they had, but what God has for me gets produced in my life. Now, the first thing, if we look at, when we think about how to develop our faith, I kind of mentioned it to you, and so I'll say it again. If you want to learn how to develop your faith, the number one thing you must learn to do is to hear the word. You have to hear word. The word of God can't bore you. It, you, you can't always rather do something else than be hearing the word of God. You can't always rather watch television than studying your word. You can't always rather do something else other than listening 
to word. You have to love the word. Somebody put this in the comment section. Even if you don't right now, put it in the comment section. Say, I love the word. I love the word. And maybe you have to faith it till you make it. Not fake it, faith it. I love the word. I love the word. See, if you if you take the word like 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 NyQuil, you're never going to get anything out of it. If, if you say, oh, my God, I need to go to sleep. I got to get up early. Let me read my Bible. So it can put you to sleep. You're never going to get anything out of it. If when you're reading your Bible, Pastor Sean was doing prayer the other day <clears throat> and she was saying the problem with people when they read their Bible, they don't have any emotion tied to it. They don't have any infliction in a word. They don't paint pictures of what they're seeing. The Bible is one of the most awesome action packed stories you could ever engage with if you allow your mind to do so in the proper way. Now, understand this, Kenneth Hagin, who many people uh, attribute to being the father of the word of faith. Now, the truth is, Kenneth Hagin was just teaching the word. He, he was teaching the word. Uh, he, he didn't make something up new. He was teaching what the word of God has always taught. But what he taught us, though, was that the bedrock of our faith, right, you know, if you're building a house and, and, and you want to build a house that's going to stand, you have to you have to go down to the bedrock. You have to you have to build on something solid. Your foundation needs to be on something solid. And, and, and Brother Hagen says that the bedrock of our faith is the word of God. That if you build faith on anything other than God's word, it's going to fall. It's going to be like the example we see in the, in, the, in, in the New Testament, in the Gospels, where the Bible says there were two homes and a storm came. The storm was of equal strength and it beat on both of those homes. One of those homes was utterly destroyed. The other one did not fall. Why? Because one was built on sand and one was built on a bedrock. One was built on a firm foundation. If you try to build your faith on name it and claim it, if you try to build your faith on emotionalism, if you try to build your faith on your own self-ability, it is eventually going to come a storm that's going to wipe your home away. And so Brother Hagen teaches us that when we, when we enter into this threshold of learning about what faith is, the first thing we must understand is that faith must be built on the word of God. Referring to Romans 10, 17, he emphasizes that faith is born out of hearing. I have to be hearing word. If I am not hearing word, I am not in faith because faith is a supernatural power, belief or force that comes from God. So I got to be in the word of God. Therefore, faith begins with the word. Now, some of you may actually be saying to yourself right now, but Pastor Edwin, I thought you and Pastor Sean said that faith began where the will of God was known. And that is true. Faith does begin where the will of God is known. But we only really know God's will when we know his word. If you don't know God's will, how you going to you don't know God's word, how are you going to know his will? So faith begins where the will of God is known. But I've got to know God's word to even know what his will is. See, I know that his will is, is that his will is that none would perish. Well, Pastor Edward, how do you know that? Because his word says so. 
So when you know God's word, then you can know his will and then faith can begin. Understand, immersing ourselves in the scriptures is our first step to developing our faith. You need to be full of the word. The Bible says that faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word about Christ. We have to hear word over and over again. So we must strive to read God's word. We must strive to study God's word. We must strive to internalize the word of God, allowing his life-giving message to seep deep into our hearts and deep into our minds. In other words, we must diligently immerse ourselves in the scriptures. We have to spend time with God and his word. We have to spend time wrestling with the scripture, getting both a historical, a, a, a spiritual, and a contextual understanding. Why? Because that's the only thing that allows his wisdom to nourish our spiritual beings. And the more we engage with God's word, the stronger our faith foundation becomes. So number one, if you want to know about how to develop your faith, it ain't going to happen unless you get committed to hearing God's word. You have to hear word. Type this in the comment section. Say, I love the word. I love the word. One of the greatest promises in the Bible, one of the greatest promises in the Bible is found in Psalms chapter one, verse two and verse three. The passage teaches us that if we meditate on God's word day and night, we'll be like a tree firmly planted by the streams of water. It says that all we have to do is meditate on his word day and night. That means I'm pondering that word. Hearing the word is so important. There's so many scriptures that testifies to it. Let's look at Matt. Let's look at a couple of them. Let's look at Matthew 4 and 4. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4 says, but he answered, it is written, watch this, man shall not live by what? Bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Hearing word is so important. Luke eleven twenty eight, 28. It says, but he said, blessed rather are those who what? Hear the word of God and do what? Keep it. You got to hear it and keep it. You can't go to church on Sunday and hear word and live like the devil Monday through Friday. You got to hear word and keep it. Let's look at another one. John 8, 4 through 7. It says, whoever is of God, watch this, whoever is of God, are you of God? It says, whoever is, hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them, man, my goodness, because you ain't a God. Well, I don't never hear the Lord say nothing. Hmm. Well, I, I don't hear the Lord speak. Hmm. Because you're hearing somebody. So who are you hearing? If it's not your father in heaven, then maybe you haven't been fully adopted yet. Mm. Or maybe you've been adopted, but you keep running back looking for your birth parent. Mm. He says, whoever is of God, hears the words of God. Are you of God? Somebody put in the comment section, I'm of God. So if you are of God, you have a blood-bought right to hear from God and to hear the words of God. But you got to position yourself to be able to hear Let's do one more and then we'll get off of hearing the word because you need to hear word. Pastor and I talk about more, more about this on Sunday. Proverbs 2, 1 through 5. It says, my son, if 
you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your, your heart to understanding. Yes, if you call out for insight, my goodness, and if you raise your voice for understanding, and if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the reverential fear of the Lord and you will find knowledge of God. Here's what he says. He says, my son, if you would desire to hear word, you will hear it. He said, if you will search for it like it's silver, if you will look for it like it's a treasure, if it becomes so valuable to you that you're willing to spend more time doing it than doing your own thing. He says, trust me, not only will you find it, but it's going to bring knowledge of God into your life. So if you want to develop your faith, number one, you got to hear word. Number two, the second thing you got to do, I'm not even going to go through all of these. Number two, you got to practice internalizing and verbalizing the word. Okay? That's what you got to do. That's what you got to do. You got to practice internal. See, I got to, come on, somebody. I got to hear word. And then once I hear word, I got to internalize it. How do I do that? The same way you do memorize them songs. The same way you memorize them songs, you listen to the you listen to the latest artist, whoever it is. You listen to that song, or, or or you look at that same TikTok until you learn that dance, and you internalize it. And now when the music come on, you you, it, it, you some of y'all don't even realize it. You so internalized from certain things, you'll hear the song, and then you'll start doing the dance, and you and you don't and you ain't even on the TikTok no more, cause you've internalized it. And then you got to verbalize the word. I hear God's word. I get it inside of me. I let that thing meditate and mutter over and over and over. So then it's so a part of me that when I open up my mouth, that what comes out. We'll talk more about that on Sunday. I do want to show you this one scripture, Joshua 1, 8 and 9, because you're familiar with this. It says, this book of the law shall what? Not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, and thou shalt... And that, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then, praise God, thou shalt make thy way what? Prosperous and thou shalt have what? Good success. He says, if you begin to love on the word and you begin to internalize the word and you begin to verbalize the word, he says, you won't even necessarily need me to do anything for you because you'll be taking my power that I was giving you, that's that definition of faith, and then you'll be bringing my will to pass in the earth. You'll be making your own way prosperous, and then you'll start having good success, not because of your own power, not because of your own strength, not because of your own abilities, but because my word is what's fueling you. Somebody say that. Say, God's word fuels me. F-U-E-L-S. God's word fuels me. Amen? We'll talk more about that. We got more scriptures for that. We'll come back to that. Number three, because I'm talking about how do we develop our faith? Number three, we must understand the importance and the connection between our mouth and our heart. Understanding the, listen, all the great faith teachers teach this, and they have proof in their life that it works. 
Understanding the connection between our heart and our mouth is crucial to understanding faith development. Faith, as I told you earlier, is conceived in our heart through the word of God. But it is birthed when we confess with our mouth. You want to know why it is that sometimes you can say, I have plenty more to put in store. But the plenty more doesn't ever really show up. But the moment you say, oh, man, I'm going to be broke before I ever get my check. And you actually end up being broke before you ever get your check. Why? Because there was a connection. See, one of the things you were saying, you were mentally ascending. I got plenty more to put in store. But what does your heart say? Does your heart say I ain't going to have enough? Does your heart say, I don't know how I'm going to make it? Does your heart say, oh, my God, I'm going to end up short again this month? Because if your head is saying one thing and your heart's saying another, there's a, there's a disconnect and nothing's going to manifest. But the moment you say you're not going to have enough, when your heart is already believing you ain't going to have enough, then immediately your manifestation shows up. Now you say, oh my gosh, that's bad news. No, it ain't, sweetheart. The good news is if you can fix what's going on in your heart and you can fix what's going on in your mind, just as quick as your poverty showed up, your wealth can show up. Now I'm preaching better than you saying amen on that. You, you wonder what's taking your wealth so long. You got to get that mouth and that heart, that mind in alignment. What are the four things we always talk about you need to tame? We always talk about it. What do you need to tame? Your mind? What do you need to tame? That mouth? What do you need to tame? That temperament? And what do you need to tame? That team. That's why you got to tame those four areas so this heart, this, this heart and this mouth can get connected so that when you start saying stuff, it starts showing up quickly because there's a heart and mouth connection. That is what we talk about in Mark chapter 11. When you hear Pastor Sean talk about Mark chapter 11, verse 23, that's what she's expressing. She's saying, stop mentally ascending to the word. Stop mentally, stop being able just to quote the word, but your heart is so far from it. And so we'll talk a little bit more about that on Sunday. Because, actually, I want to show you these two things. Let's look at, in the, in, in the studio, let's look at six Luke 6, 45. Now, Luke 6, 45 and Matthew 12, 34, we're going to see that in a minute. They kind of, it's kind of the same account, but I want you to see something here. In Luke chapter 6, verse 45, it says, now just think about who you are. It says, the good person, out of the good treasure of his heart, produces good. Do you see that? Good, good, good. Okay? The good person, out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. It says, but the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil. Now, now just pay attention to the scripture. Do you ever see them mix good and evil together? They don't mix good and evil together because it doesn't produce anything. That's what the Bible uh, equates to being lukewarm. And in the revelations, he says he doesn't like lukewarmness. It, it, it causes him to vomit you out of his mouth. But look at what he says. He says the good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. But the evil person out of the evil treasure of his heart produces evil. You know what that tells me? Faith always works. 
That's what it tells me. Faith always works. So if you got a bunch of crap being produced in your life, you need to take an assessment of what you're really believing. Not just what you're saying, but what are you actually believing in your heart? Because the second part of that says, for out of the abundance of what? The heart, what happens? Your mouth speaks. So you got to get a connection between that heart and that mouth. And we'll look at this last one before we move on. Matthew 12, 34. Matthew 12, for the 12 34, it gets a little, a, a little more aggressive. He says, you bro of vipers. He says, how can you speak good when you full of evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. How can you speak faith and expect faith to be produced when you got so much fear in you? When you got so much doubt in you? When you got so much unbelief in you? When you are so timid and so scared of what's going to happen if, if the price of gas go up, if daycare go up, if groceries go up, if school supplies go up. Well, you got so much fear in you. When you say faith for your words, they, they, they don't mean anything. You're, you're like a broad of vipers because there's nothing good in you because you haven't fixed the bad. Wow. What do you mean I haven't fixed the bad? You haven't allowed faith to have its supernatural work in you. And when you do, then you'll get to the place where you understand the need to have your heart and mouth connected. All right? Here's, the no here's number four. We're almost done. If you're going to develop your faith, you have to understand that there must be engaging action that corresponds with your faith. I know there are some people out there who teach that faith is action. Faith is actually not action, although action is necessary to be a part of faith. But faith is, come on somebody, a supernatural force, power, belief from God given to the believer to bring the will of God to pass in the earth, right? That's what faith is. But Actions ought to follow faith. They ought to follow faith. James chapter 1, verse 22 says, Be doers of the word and not what? Hearers only. So I need to hear word. I need to say, say that. I need to hear word. But I need to do what the word says as well. It's equally important. I can't just be a hearer only. I can't just be a doer who's out there doing stuff and it's not even connected to the word. I got to hear word and then respond appropriately to that word. James chapter two, verse 14 through 17 says, what does it profit, my brethren, if someone says that he has faith, but he doesn't have any words? Can faith save him? He says, if a brother or a sister is naked and destitute of daily food and one of you walks up and says to him, hey, depart in peace, bro. Be warned and have your belly full. He says, but you do not give him the things which are needed for his belly to be full. He says, then what does it profit? He says, thus also faith, supernatural power from God 
given from it comes from God, given to the believer to bring his will to pass. If it does not have works corresponding action dictated by God, he says, in your faith is dead. And you don't want dead faith. The Bible says in Matthew 7, 21, it says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven. And so again, here it is. We see that if we're going to develop our faith, we need to practice. I told you last Wednesday, at some point, you got to get out of the lab. At some point, you, you, you need to be instructed, right? You, 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 you need to, to study on your own, right? You, you need to, to, to practice and have someone who can fine-tune and coach you. You need a faith coach who can help you when you make mistakes along the journey. And then eventually you got to get out of the lab and get into the real world and put your faith to work. That's why we're going to teach you how to turn your faith loose if you hang with us. If you will stay with us through these series, we're going to teach you what faith is, how to develop your faith, and how to turn that faith loose. And then lastly, and we'll come back again to all of these. We'll come back to this. I want to finish up for tonight. I'm just giving you a little, little, little appetizer. Lastly, we, if you're going to develop your faith, we must understand how the kingdom of God works. You got to understand how the kingdom of God works. When you get born again, you join a new kingdom. How many of you know that if I were to take you right now, and, and, and as smart as you are, and I took you to another country and just set you in the middle of a country you've never been to. You don't know the language. You don't know the history. You don't know the politics. You don't know anything about the culture. That at some point you're going to do something that's going to make you stand out and look like an idiot. You're going to do something that's going to look like you're going to look like a sore thumb. Why? Because you don't know the culture. And in order for you not to live over in that place for the next 10 years, constantly looking like an idiot, you're going to need someone to instruct you on the culture. You're going to need someone to instruct you in the language. You're going to need to understand that in some countries you don't shake with your right hand. You're going to need to know that in some countries men don't hold doors for women. You're going to need to know that in some countries, it's not appropriate to say certain things at certain times. You're going to have to learn the culture or you're going to always look like an idiot. And some people, and I, when I use the word idiot, I don't, I don't mean stupid. I mean an idiot, a person who's ignorant, a person who doesn't know. And so it's important for you to understand that when you get born again, you need to be instructed on how the kingdom of God works. Because if you don't, here's what's going to happen. You're going to come into this kingdom, but you're going to bring some of your old culture with you. And then what you're going to do is begin to mix your old culture with the kingdom culture. And then you won't know why things don't work for you. Your, what, what goes on in your life will have no test, retest reliability. Sometimes you will get breakthrough. Sometimes you won't. But you won't know how you did it. You won't know why you didn't get it. And so what we're trying to do, what Sean Strickland and Edwin Strickland is trying to do is get the partners of FOC to become immersed in the culture of the kingdom of God, where faith is the currency of the kingdom. We want to get you rich with faith. We want to get you loaded with faith. We want you to be wealthy with faith because it is the currency 
in this kingdom. And if we can get you to understand what faith is, how to develop that faith, and how to turn that faith loose, there will be nothing that stops you from doing every good work God calls you to. And when I say every good work, let me help you understand what I mean. That means everything God calls you to do to bless other people and everything God calls you to do to be a blessing to yourself. Because, see, God ain't just calling you to just be used up. God wants to use you, but God is not looking to use you up. And there's a difference. But in order to do that, you've got to learn how to walk by faith. We must comprehend the kingdom of God and its principles. And if we will understand the importance of hearing God's word, if we will understand the importance of internalizing and verbalizing, God's word. If we will understand how to work on this mouth and this heart and get that connection together, we'll start to see manifestation happen in our lives so much faster than what we've seen. And then if we'll learn how to engage our God-directed actions in our life without a whole lot of procrastination, without a whole lot of doubt and unbelief, then our faith will become much more robust and we'll be able to partner with God in ways we hadn't been able to partner before. And then lastly, as we do that, God will teach us about how his kingdom works. He will give us instruction on, on what's appropriate in his kingdom, what's, what's the appropriateness in his culture. And when we learn that, then we start to look more like God. We learn to behave more like God in the same way as if I was to pick you up and put you in Italy and, and, and you spent the next 10 years in Rome being immersed in that culture. And I came back and I got you 10 years later and brought you back to America. America would be more foreign to you than Rome would have been. Why? Because you got immersed in the culture. I wish I had some people who would get so immersed in the kingdom, in the culture of God, that this world seems foreign to you. Because if you're willing to do that, then you're on the road to living a life like you've never dreamed, to living a life beyond what you ever imagined. You think you dream big, you ain't scratched the surface of what God wants to do for you. Now, if you want to hear more about how to develop your faith, guess where you need to be this weekend? Mm-hmm. You need to be in Fedville, Arkansas at Fellowship of Champions Church International, uh, 2737 North Old Wire Road in Fedville, Arkansas at 11 a.m. Because it's going down. We're going to talk a little bit more about how to develop your faith. Those are four big, broad things you need to do. You need to hear word. You need to internalize and verbalize word. You need to engage with that word. Amen. You need to engage with that word. You need to have action that produces what you say you believe. You say you believe that you're going to lose weight. We ought to see your diet look different. We ought to see your exercise look different. You say you want to save money. We ought to see less Amazon packages coming to your house. We ought to see you at the mall less. You say you want to work on your relationship. We ought to see you taking some classes and reading some books and coming to Relationships 101. You got to have corresponding action. And then you got to understand the importance of that mouth. You got to watch. You know, Put this in the comment section. Say, I got to watch my mouth. I got to watch my mouth. 
Listen, we are so trained to say things that are not full of faith. We are so, the best of us, we are so trained to do it. And that's why you need accountability people around you. Several times this weekend, we were, we had a chance to, to spend a couple of days on vacation. And, you know, whenever we're on vacation with our tribe, we're always talking about what God wants to do. And one of the things that God had us to look at uh, this weekend was, 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 was next level living. I'll call it that. We was looking at some next level living. And there were some times we were like, oh, we, that's the price of that. I can't afford that. And then somebody else would say, uh-uh, wrong words. Wrong words. Don't say that. You're like, oh, you know what? That's right. You're right. I don't have it in my account right now, but I can afford whatever the Lord tells me I can have because my daddy can never be bankrupt. See, then we go back to the prophecy. You see how we worked that in? You see how we worked that in? But if you ain't been here in three weeks, you don't even know what prophecy I'm talking about. That's why you got to stay tuned in. That's why you got to stay plugged in. All right. Listen, I'm done. Let me just go through those announcements real quick. One more time. Want to make sure that you know that we want you to be here. When? Sunday. When? 11 a.m. Where? Fellowship of Champions Church, Fayetteville campus. We want you in this place. Listen, we talked about faith having action. We talked about action. You got to have some action to your faith, right? Well, here's a way you can do that tonight. I don't always ask you to sow, but if you haven't sown, I'm asking you to sow into the scholarship fund. Don't send me no cash app. I appreciate you. If you love what I talked tonight and you love me, so whatever you was going to give, give to the scholarship fund. There's ways you can give right there. Give Lafay, push pay, tidily, text to give. Don't send me a cash app and tell me to put it in there for you. You, you, I need you to sow into the scholarship fund. Let's get to 30,000. Can we do it? If you think we can do it, put it in the comment section. We can do it. There's, there's about 60 y'all on here. There's about 60 y'all on here. I need to see 60 comments when I read this later on tonight that says we can do it. We can do it. Thank you. Th thank you, Kim. Thank you, Sheila. Thank you. Thank you. That's right, Pashon. It's done. Thank you, Everett. Thank you, Trina. We can do it. Why? Because God, God already said it's done. He needs us to partner with him. He needs us to partner. Now, here's what I'm convinced. If we don't partner, he'll raise up somebody who will. But wouldn't it be a shame for you to live long enough to see somebody else get blessed because you didn't do what God was asking you to do? So let's partner with God. Let's get to 30,000 by Sunday. Three scholarships, three $10,000 scholarships or seven $4,000 scholarships and then some. Amen. And I want you to be here because I want you to see these 16 individuals. They, they, they some, listen, I was telling Pashon, I said, these, these are some highly gifted, highly qualified individuals this year. Listen, we got people from New Haven, Connecticut. We got people from the Midwest. We got people from our West. Pastor Chris was asking me, she said, how did these people even know about the scholarship? The same way they're going to find out about this teaching the FOC. You're going to share it. It's going to get out there. It's going to be a blessing to somebody. It's going to change their life. Listen, the, I, 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 the Lord said this. There's going to come a time people will be standing in line to hear this teaching. There's coming a time people will be standing in line to hear what you're getting to hear right now. When you get to call us and talk to us and say, hey, Pastor, it's coming a time where it's going to be a little more difficult to get to us. 
Why? Because the word the world needs this teaching. Not because of who we are. The world, the world needs to hear this. And so we're going to get back to faith. Faith fundamentals. Amen. All right, listen, love you guys so much. Don't forget about the things that we do have during the week. Tonight is Wednesday, so the next time we gather is going to be on Friday morning, right? Friday morning for Champion Circle at 6.30 a.m. Show up for prayer. Come on, guys, show up for prayer. You know, we were at one point, we were having 100 people show up for prayer. You know, and now we got 40 and 50. What happened to the other half of you? Don't fall off. Be a person who perseveres. Be a person who sees it through. Don't get bored with the word. Don't get bored with prayer. Don't get bored with repetition. Repetition builds muscle memory. Muscle memory can save your life in the middle of a fight. Muscle memory will save your, will save your life in the middle of a fight. What do I mean? I mean when the enemy comes in like a flood, your muscle memory will kick in. And rather than you laying in the corner in a ball talking about, I don't know what I'm going to do with this bad doctor's report, you will stand up flat-footed and begin to decree that you are the healed of the Lord, that you will live and you will not die. God has already shown you your old shown you in your old age, and you refuse to give in, cave in, or quit. But man, if you don't hang around the world long enough, you won't have that muscle memory. Amen. The worst time to try to be to try to the, the worst time to try to build faith. Is, is when you need faith. <laughs> so, so you need to be building it right now. Build it right now before a storm comes. Amen? All right. Listen, we'll see you guys on, on Friday. And then don't forget Sunday morning at 11 a.m. We will see you at 11 a.m. We will not, we will not um, this Sunday have Christian um, Valley Worships online. But if you want to hear the amazing word, the amazing songs they're going to sing, then you should show up. We also, I don't think, I don't want to out, I don't want to speak this, but I don't think we're doing the 930 um, service, but we may. So I, I don't want to, I don't, I don't know. Pastor and I, we've been vacationing. We ain't been talking shop and business a whole lot. So we might not be on the same page. But if we don't, then that just means you should have been here in person. You should have been here in person. So uh, if we see you, we see you. If we don't, we'll see you the next time around. All right. Love you guys. Have a wonderful day, uh, wonderful evening. Have a great night. And I'll be here on Friday. I hope you will too. All right. Bye-bye.